stay fly, stay fly. A lot of us do have so-called white European ancestry in us, but guess what? Yeah, so like I was yeah, saying, that's not the dominant gene. The worst forms of undesirables born amongst us are those whose parents are of different races. <laughs> there you go. Yo. There you go. Yo. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, so like I was saying, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, 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 yeah, so like I Hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Vol School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vonner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Peace, beloved. Peace, beloved. It's Psycho Vonner back with another episode of the Fly Guy Show. The Fly Guy Show is a series of melanated conversations focused on improving our collective situation. And today with me on the platform, we have some really fly folk. They're going to get a chance to introduce themselves. We're starting off with a person who's really going to kind of drive the boat tonight. And that's Brother Frederick Jones L. And then we also have, from Sam's Corner, Fly Guy Sam, who'll be chatting with us as well. So, tonight's conversation deals with the Indian problem. Now, as a person of African and quote-unquote Native American or Indian descent. I thought that this was going to be an interesting conversation because for years, I've often wondered why I had such a difficult time when I attempted to interact with the, you know, the Cherokee culture. Um, I would go to a couple of the, you know, the, the different gatherings and things of that nature, you know, looking at all phases of my ancestry. And I ran into some pushback in some of the, um, you know, some of the events that I went to. And I was like, oh, this is intriguing. You know, and I had some people who consider themselves, you know, Indian, Native American, whatever term you want to use, who would say things like, you know, unless you denounce, you know, that you're black or denounce that you're of African descent, you know, we can't really accept you. And I was like, wow, this is really intriguing really intriguing so tonight you know frederick jones ill is going to delve into that topic the topic of the indian problem and he has some great information that deals with how some of the legally recognized quote-unquote indian tribes in the united states of america have systematically pushed out and removed some of their brethren or sistren or family members. Uh, let me say that so I can be more inclusive. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. Uh, pushed out some of their family who have African ancestry while maintaining some of their family who have Caucasian ancestry. And, I'll, 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 and they're doing this just before legal financial resources come their way. So I'm wondering if there's, you know, if it's all about the money, if it's all about the money. So with me today is Sam from Sam's Corner. Sam, tell us a little bit about your platform on YouTube, what you're focused on, and then we're going to chat it up. All right. 
All right. Um, so my platform is focused on personal finance. Um, as I said in other videos, if we don't work to get our money up, no one is going to listen to our agenda. And as black people, we have demonstrated throughout history that we can have and do have economic power that we can save, that we can invest, and that we are actually part of the production process and not consumers. But as time progresses, some things have fallen by the wayside, not for all of us, but for some. So my platform is really designed to give all of us, or really to help us, to really get back on track with our money. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, we definitely need to get back on track. Got to get back on track. So, um, Brother Frederick Jones L., you're with the Morris yes. Science Temple of America, and you're going to really kind of yes. drive the boat tonight, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, and then let's jump right into the topic, bro. Yeah, true indeed, true indeed. Uh, so, I'm Frederick Jones L. I am a card-carrying member of a lawfully chartered uh, Morris Science Temple of America. Um, a little bit about myself is I'm a community activist uh, here locally where I am in Atlantic County, New Jersey. Uh, so before this COVID-19 outbreak, we did different things like we would uh, feed the homeless every Sunday. We would attend a okay. community advisory board in different municipalities in the county where I domicile. We would facilitate and also attend um, uh, town hall meetings, all right, in and around the county, uh, in and around the county for me. Uh, we would also just go around and do community outreach, uh, see what certain people's gripes are, you know, see what improvements need to be made in the community, get in touch with uh, what's called um, the uh, neighborhood community outreach program which there's different designations and awards where i am and also what we would do is we would um you know we would also just interact with the community in general and see what their basic needs were without really addressing nationality without really addressing the national part without really addressing the nationality aspect of it simply because some people have a tendency to like shy away from what it is that you're propagating if you aren't talking about black blackness black this black that so that's some of what we do in the community and uh yeah so well let's go ahead and tap into the conversation for tonight man you brought this to my attention that there were legally recognized Indian tribe, quote unquote Indian tribe, Native American, indigenous people, whatever term you want to use, who were systematically the same thing actually. removing members of the tribe who had African ancestry at the time when they were getting some type of financial resources or benefits. Tell me more about that, bro. Well, I, well, I missed the first part of what you were saying. You kind of cut out for like 10 seconds or something like that, so. Okay, what I was saying that is, you brought to my attention that there is this quote unquote Indian problem. Yeah. <laughs> and you said that American Indians do birthright theft and institutional, institutional racism on so-called blacks. So tell us more about that. Yeah, truly, truly. Well, um, 
And there was an article some time ago that I had came across, uh, which just basically talked about the Creek Nation in Oklahoma. Um, and what they were doing was they were practicing segregation, all right, institutional racism against their so-called black members. And I'm saying so-called not to say that um, that I deny my people who say that they're black, but I'm saying so-called because we know that that black is a slave tag at law and isn't a name that belongs to the human family or to the families of nations. So that's why I say so-called, but I don't say that to reject those that subscribe to the black uh, designation. But anyway, so... All right, so if, uh if Sam and I use the term black or African-American, you're not going to cut our necks off. No, of course not. Of course not. It's Pete. It's All right. Pete. That's what's up. That's what's up. All yeah. right. So, yeah, you were saying that the Creek Nation did what? So I came across an article, which I sent in the link, where the Creek Nation of Oklahoma, what they did was... Did he go mute for you too, Sam? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, Frederick Jones L went mute. I'm not sure why. Um, yeah. All right, Frederick, unmute yourself, brother. And the link that he's talking about, I just posted in the chat. I just posted yeah, in the chat. Yeah, I don't know why that keeps happening, man. I don't know why it keeps happening. Yeah, somebody's trying to shut you down, bro. <laughs> somebody's trying to shut you up, bro. <laughs> The powers to be are after you, bro. The man is on your neck. <laughs> all is well, all is well. You know? I say. Yeah. Okay, so, so, uh, so back to what I was... There. Yes. So back to what I was talking about. I came across an article, uh, which is in the link, uh, which is in one of the links that you shared, where uh, um, the creation of Oklahoma in the year 1979 they came up with a new constitution or they put a clause in the existing constitution, which just said that that if Creek members or former members or those who want to apply for membership can't trace their lineage back to the 1906 Dawes Rolls, then they're not a member of the Creek Nation or they won't be, be considered for membership. And basically what that did was that kind of outturned uh, what was stipulated in the Treaty of, 18, of 1866, the treaty between the Creek Nation and the United States. And if you look at the treaty, it's uh, seven articles and it just stipulates uh, who, who can be a member of the treaty, uh, who's a citizen, you know, who's a full-blown member of ETC. So what they did was when they came with this new constitution, it was a way f for them to deny the Creek Freedmen membership. So Creek Freedmen will be those of so-called Afri African-American ancestry, which is a designation. Those saying, well, them designating somebody as a Creek Freedman is separating them from a regular Creek member, so to speak. So, um, so in the article, this is what they did. So in response to the Creek Nation coming up with this new clause or whatever the case may be, 
They sued the Cree Nation and the USA in federal court, and they wanted to get them to honor the Treaty of 1866 because we know that the supreme law of the land is the Constitution of the United States of America and the treaties, which is stipulated Article 6 of our Constitution. All right, that's supreme. And also the 14th Amendment gives gives citizens of the United States of America and those subject to the jurisdiction and all other persons equal protections of the law. So they were standing on the Constitution and treaties being mm-hmm. supreme. Bro, you speak with such legalese, <laughs> a lot of legal terms there. Uh, is that important for, for our people to get a grasp on? What do you think? Sure. Be- what do you think, Sam? Is it important for us to uh, get a better grasp on some of the legal terms oh, that impact us? Absolutely. It's very important to know the laws. And most of the time, to be honest, we're so distracted with life. And I'm not going to talk about other people. I'm talking about myself and just myself in general. We have to be able to pay attention to the laws and know what's going on and legal terms and stuff like that. And it's unfortunate that oftentimes those who know the most are those who have been incarcerated. But sometimes that's a good thing, too. You know know the system. You know where things are wrong. You know where things are right. Once you've had that bird's-eye view and experience, but my brother here is absolutely right. We have to know the laws. And, I mean, I came across that article myself, and I was like, here we go again. Here we go again. These men and women who have true heritage have been denied. And around the time that this new clause came about, it also became a thing of money because it was also compensation. And it's like, if we get rid of these freedmen, more of it stayed with us because the way it was written back in 1860, I, I, I always get dates wrong. I was always bad in history class. So I got to fix it. <laughs> but what is yeah, true? Because the way it was done before, all of these people were entitled. And then all of a sudden, they were no longer. So I don't want to talk anymore because I want to hear more about what he has to say. Yeah, all right, keep indeed. going, brother. Um, so basically, what I was saying before I got yeah. So basically, what I was saying before I got cut off was that um, to answer the question that you posed to me was: Is knowing the Constitution and knowing the laws important? Sure, it is, because the Constitution. Yeah, that's that stuff again, bro. Yes. That's that stuff again. Now, the great thing about what's happening is Frederick left us a whole lot. He gave us a lot of information. So those of you who are, uh, you know, watching, if you're on Facebook or if you're able to, you know, chat with us on YouTube, you can leave us a message and we'll answer that information. You're watching the Fly Guys show. We deal with melanated conversations to improve our collective situation. I just posted one of the links. So if you go to this link, everything that Frederick Jones L is talking about can be found. Everything that Frederick Jones L is talking about can be found in this link right here. 
this link right here. Yeah. So follow that and you can find all, he has a plethora of information that he's gonna go over. All that information can be found. Frederick Jones L. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, again, the Constitution is the contract that you live under, and it's a contract between the constituents and those who serve us, those that swore an oath, those who raised their hand, whether they swore or confirmed, to do right by those that have the superior claim, which is the constituents, which is us. So it's very, very, very important. I know it sounds corny to some. I know it sounds like fantasy land and that ain't going to work. And I know that a lot of times people see what's going on in current events and they look at the news and they see how we're mistreated. And I get that. I get that. So I'm not saying that just being able to recite what what it says in the supreme law of the land is going to be the end or be all. However, it's still good to know the laws that was put in place to protect you and know how to call it to your protections. Know the supreme law of the land. It's, it's very, very important. Know what those reconstruction amendments are, the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th amendments. You know, know that the first 10 Bill of Rights are basic rights, even though we wasn't made a party uh, to the Constitution until well after that. But again, the Constitution is supreme, the treaties are supreme, and it's just good to know it. It's good to know it because you can use it to jerk certain ones chain. I mean, I hate, I hate to put it like that, but they swore an oath on it. Whether they're a public servant, you know, whether they're in law enforcement. So, yeah. So, so was there money involved in this? I know Sam was mentioning that there were some resources, some financial resources. That's the impression that I got when I, you know, I scanned through the information yeah. as well. Well, from what I understand, yeah. Well, from what I understand, the article that I sent in the link, which was done by The Guardian, and the title of it was something to the effect of uh, uh, Black Priests uh, Sue for Recognition, right? So, from what I understand, the Pamunkey Nation of Virginia, they wanted to be in accordance with the... the um, the Racial Integrity Act of 1924, which was something that was brought about by an individual named Walter Pleckler, who was a white supremacist. And um, he belonged to an organization, which I don't have it in front of me, but I'll pull it up in a second. Mm-hmm. And he felt like a lot of so-called blacks were, were escaping the racial segregation laws by being able to classify themselves under racial integrity act. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. That, that's in, it's interesting and he, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Wow. So they came with the Racial Integrity Act to stop those that they deemed as black, which we know that that's a whole construct in law and, and in social engineering. So I don't want to argue the semantics with that, but his thinking was that these so-called Negroes are trying to escape what we laid out for them by claiming other designations. So they came with the Racial Integrity Act in the year 1924. So the the um, a lot of the tribes, but like the Pamunkey Nation, what they wanted to do to be in accordance with this Racial Integrity Act was they adopted their own tribal laws that said that any member that marries or amalgamates 
a so-called black, you will be banished from the tribe. So they, what? so when, um, if I'm not mistaken, this 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 racial integrity act was overturned by Virginia versus Loving, 1967, and I'm gonna pull that case up as well. But when that, when this racial integrity act was was overturned, the Pamunkey Nation kept their racial laws on the books. So this has become an issue for them uh, because they're undergoing or they're being examined rather for federal recognition. And of course they wanna open up a uh, gaming establishment in the state of Virginia. So right. this is one of the things that they're being examined for, so yeah. Right, right, right. They're trying to open up a casino here in Hampton Roads in the Norfolk area. Uh, and you said this right. was interestingly, interestingly connected with the Loving case. And that sister was interesting because even though she was of African descent, she denounced yeah. her African descent and only claimed to be simply of native descent. Is that correct? Well, from what I've seen, uh, the loving was loving was the husband of the African American woman that was going to marry him. So I right. think loving would have been her married name. So they were suing because they married illegally because the Racial Integrity Act of 1924 hadn't hadn't been overturned yet and they were jailed for a year. So then they so then they took their case up to the highest court in the land and they were found to be credible. And they were found to have been to have had their 14th Amendment rights violated, which the 14th Amendment has an equal protections clause in it to all citizens and all other persons, regardless of ancestry. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I just think it was interesting because, yeah, Loving versus Loving v. Virginia, Loving versus Virginia, uh, yeah. she denied any African ancestry in some of the documents I read about her. Uh, and all right, all right. I thought it was interesting because during uh, quote unquote Black History Month, their case was brought up in two of the schools that I work in. So I just thought it was kind of mm -hmm. interesting. All right, uh, continue, brother. I didn't know about this Racial Integrity Act. Did you know about this, Sam? No, I never heard of it. Yeah. Wow. Intriguing, intriguing, intriguing. Yeah. Continue, good brother. Yeah, true indeed. So, uh, so basically. Um yeah, so this Racial Integrity Act of 1924, which was something that was spearheaded by this individual by the name of uh, Walter Pleckler, again, who he belonged to an organization called the Anglo-Saxon Clubs of America. All right, and that was like a uh, it was a white supremacist. It was a white supremacist organization, but it was like a KKK for the elite class. All right, so it was founded in Richmond, Virginia in the year 1922. And um, yeah, just, you know, Walter Pleckler, again, he belonged to this organization. He was the head. He was the son of a returned Confederate veteran. All right. Uh, he also was a part of the Presbyterian Church, but like a Southern branch where they had like these racial ideologies where one of the things that they held near and dear to their heart was that they would 
say that the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, which we know that story from the Old Testament, was destroyed due to racial intermixing, which I haven't seen that in there, but this is what they say. So this is some you know, of the... Yeah, go ahead. You know, that's interesting because the Presbyterian Church, my mother uh, grew up in the Presbyterian Church. And interestingly enough, she was supposed to go to one of their Presbyterian schools. You know, she, you know, being a Presbyterian, a Presbytery, she applied, yeah. she was accepted. I don't think the application asked about background. And when they right, found right. out that she was of African descent, they said, nah, you ain't coming here, boo-boo. <laughs> yeah, I got you, I got you. So she yeah. ended up going to Clark Atlanta. Um, and it, it, was an, it was really intriguing that even though she was a member of the Presbyterian Church at that time, she right. was denied entry into the Presbyterian Church's college. And I can't tell you which college it was. I know that she lived in Atlanta, Georgia, in that area. So uh, continue, right. good brother. Yeah, so uh, so this individual, Walter Pleckler, you know, his background is the whole Southern Presbyterian Church where they believe that God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah due to racial intermixing. Again, he was the son of a returned uh, Confederate uh, war veteran. And again, he was a member of this uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, organization called the Anglo-Saxon Club of America. Uh, and whatnot, and um, you know, so with these things, uh, wow, he didn't like light skin folk, <laughs> right? Uh, racial segregation, yo. they would, were... yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, yo, I'm just saying, I'm looking at some of the things that he said, and this is attributed to him. Now, this is Wikipedia. So, you know, yeah. do your research. But here are three quotes from Walter Plecker. Yeah. Walter Plecker. Let us turn a deaf ear to those who would interpret Christian brotherhood as racial, racial equality. Interesting. See? The sickening and saddest feature, the considerable number of degenerate white women giving birth to mulatto children. Wow. Reportedly, he said that in '25. He was he was he was snapping in 1925. Yeah, he was something, man. Yeah, insanity, tendency to crime, and immortality are almost surely transmitted to their children, especially when both children are of the same class. The worst forms of undesirables born amongst us are those whose parents are of different races. There you go. <laughs> Yo. There you go. Yo. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what else I was gonna say was during that era of time when he was in the flesh, the state of Virginia had determined that the number of individuals who claimed mulatto was down. It was down in numbers. So they had thought that there was less mixed marriages taking taking place. I Meaning marriages between European so-called white people and Asiatic so-called black folks. But Walter Pleckler said, no, no, no. That's not what's happening. What's happening is Negroes so-called are claiming white, those that can pass for white, who would be deemed as mulatto. 
So this is what his his ideology was. So this is what his reasoning was for for lobbying on behalf of the state to to come up with this racial integrity act. And he was also the first head of the Virginia Department of Vital Statistics. And he served in that seat or that role for a very, very long time until the 1940s, if I'm not mistaken. So, intriguing, intriguing, yeah. intriguing. But, um, uh, but let me just say this so that I don't derail from what I'm talking about. I, I only brought him up to show why the Pamunkey Nation would adopt some of the ordinances that it adopted because they wanted to be in accordance with what the state of Virginia was saying. And they wanted to be in accordance with that because their reservation in Prince William County, am I saying that right? They had so-called white settlers that wanted them off that land. So they thought that if they would be in accordance with what the status quo was, their, their, their burden wouldn't be as tough. So that's why I oh. brought up Walter Plekula and the whole Racial Integrity Act. Because it has to do with the Pamunkey Nation and their practices during that era of time stemming all the way up till now. Are you giving them a hall pass? I'm not giving them a pass, but I'm just saying that this is the reason why they say they adopted uh, these anti-racial mixing marriage laws. But I'm not but I'm not giving them a pass, but I have to say why they say it. So and we also know that during that era of time, you know, during the twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties, World War One, World War Two, it you know, they weren't in solidarity with us. I'm talking about these Indian tribes, so called Indian, whether federally recognized or not. I mean they would be, but they would succumb to pressure from the seat of power. And that's why I said. Do you think that may have been a response to the Buffalo Soldiers? You know, so for those who don't know, the Buffalo Soldiers were a uh, infantry of people of African descent who reportedly sought and hunted down Native American groups for the U.S. government. Did I get that right? Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if because of the Buffalo Soldiers, the Indians are like, oh, okay, y'all y'all ain't rocking with us now. We ain't rocking with y'all. I'm wondering. Any information that uh, any any other information other than wanting to be in alignment to get Pamunk, I mean, to get um, Pleckler and the other groups off of their back. Were there any other reasons? Well, let me say this about that, which I just skipped the whole thing because I was talking about the crates, which via the Trail of Tears, they went from, sorry about that, via the Trail of Tears, they went from Florida to Oklahoma. So I didn't skip to that to the Pamunkey, but since we're talking about the Pamunkey, we'll stay there and we'll come back to the creek. And that's my bad. I apologize for that because that's my mistake. But no, no, no. It's good. Keep going. Well, so we'll say, so we know that. Um, that being that Walter Pleckler came and said that there was no in-between, there was no there was no more mulatto, 
There was no Indian and no other status that you could claim. It's either colored or white. I think that the Pamunkey Nation and other tribes felt like they were being erased, you know, or being did away with with the pen. So I think that they came with their customs saying, if you're this, you know, like if you're claiming colored, which is what they say is black now, and not this, then you're not truly an Indian. So I'm just saying that to say, not making excuses for the Pamunkey Nation, but the things that they did was absolutely based on what the so-called white man had done. Because maybe if Walter Pleckler and this Racial Integrity Act uh, never came into force, maybe we wouldn't have this uh, this uh, shift between so-called black members of the Pamunkey Nation in the Creek and those who say that they're true members. You see? Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Brother Sam, man. Any thoughts so far, man? Any thoughts? I mean... This is all good information. I mean, but we I don't want to jump because he's going to talk more about the creek because one thing that we forget in our history is that Native Americans also had slaves. There were some tribes that did, and not a lot of people are aware of that. But also... And I was going to get into that. Oh yeah, see that's why I didn't want to really say nothing because I'm like, <laughs> you know, so I'm not really trying to say a whole lot. But when I tell you this, we think about what membership meant. And in the article, that's a very good article that he referenced because if you're not a member, you're not getting a check. And I'm not correct about money, but think about it. You know, you're a member, yeah. you're a part. You receive part of it because you're a part, you're a member. You're part of our tribe. And to exclude certain people was also to exclude rights and privileges that were associated with it. But I'm not going to say nothing more. I want to hear more of what he got to say. Yeah, that's good. No, but you mentioned something that was key, uh, dear brother. You mentioned something that was key, and I'm glad that you brought that up because there were tribes that owned slaves. However, we also know that a lot of our people who were freedmen went to the tribes and were never slaves of the tribes. Right. Then you also had our people, those of our people, who was never slaves, never, and owned slaves themselves and had some type of standing with the tribes. Then you had our people who were slaves who was never freedmen, never reached the status of freedmen who were slaves of the tribes. So you had all kinds of things going on. And uh, and I think sometimes this is what the history uh, fails to show. They only want to push one narrative or a piece of the truth, which is what we call half-truths instead of the whole divine truth. But you are correct. Some tribes did own our people. I would never deny that. So, But... Uh, but and, you know, but back to me speaking of the Creek Freedmen, because that's what I was speaking on first. So the issue between the leadership in the tribe, all right, who are European so-called white men and who are what those like to call Red Indians, 
they came up with something in 1979 to kind of outturn or do away with the standing that some of our people had via the Creek Treaty of 1866. So the Creek freedmen who were deemed freedmen. Interesting. Interesting. I tell you, uh, and, and our people are being inordinately impacted by these type of practices. This article here talks about Sister Jasmine Anderson, who spent more than five years working to gain recognition for herself and her relatives in the Pamunkey tribe, who was which members and was members in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. cut off, did I? Yeah, did you I cut, cut off, bro. but it's I okay. And I was right. looking at Jasmine. Jasmine's kind of fly, so I, I, I enjoyed that aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what up, boo? So I cut off, but it's you always get in trouble. That's why you always get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, Jasmine Anderson. But basically what I was saying was um was um the the this new constitution that the Creek came up with in 1979 was a way for them to kind of disenfranchise the Creek freedmen. Yeah, and, and I mean, disenfranchise is probably- tell you where that $5 Indian term came from. When the Dawes Act was first enacted around 1878, a lot of European so-called white folks would go and pay $5 to get their name on the list. So this is how they would claim things that didn't belong to them and then disenfranchise not only the so-called Red Indian, but some of our people that had standing. But anyway, this constitution of, of 1979 was a way that they would try to disenfranchise our people that had standing via the Treaty of 1866. And the Treaty of 1866, I had that in one of the links and in one of the articles, if I'm not mistaken, it's either, it's either article two or three, where it says that Creek Freedmen, who had some standing prior to 1866, whether they left the soil or not, and stayed, are citizens of the Creek Nation. And we know that the, the treaties are supreme, supreme law of the land, the treaties and the constitution, and, and that's stipulated in Article 6 of the Constitution. So this is what the argument of the Creek Freedmen was when they petitioned uh, a federal district court in Washington, D.C. was. So that's the whole argument, you know? And um, I think the, um, if you scroll, if you scroll down, you'll see some of the articles of the Constitution. So, and I'll point out where it is that they have their standing. So there's the preamble. And um, I think it's article two, if I, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, so there it is. So it's article, it's, it's article three, I'm sorry. It's three. Article three. Yeah, I think it's three. Because it talks about the freedmen. So I'm going to pull it up on, on my own while you have it there. Okay. So we'll see. Okay. What I think yeah. really is intriguing is 
this post Civil War division of the Indian Territory. Mm-hmm. That's really intriguing to me. That's really intriguing to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I can see that the fight was not over simply the money, but it was over resources as well. Because it looks to me like, yeah. Okay, so land ceded to the U.S. government by the five nations. Wow, so they had to give up some of their land. Okay, so yeah, they gave up some, they were forced to give up some of their land. So they were going to, they wanted to get something out of this. Yeah, well, that's the, you know, what they did with that was kind of like the precursor to the Dawes Act that came some years later, you know, in between 10 and 20 years later. And they did that so that they could kind of like have land put in a trust and, you know, have some things awarded to them. And then on the flip side to that, they would give the the U.S. government gave land to so-called white settlers. So the, so the deal was for them to be put on a reservation or to be put on a certain tract of land and not have as much land as they had previously, which they lost like 100 million acres of land. I'm talking about the so-called Red Indian. And of, of course, our ancestors who was disenfranchised only to be stuck on a reservation and to be given, I mean, like I don't want to use this term, but to be given what I call federal welfare uh, through the BIA, which is the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Because that's essentially what they get. You know, they get a siphon every month. They get basically welfare programs just on a federal level, whether it's housing, whether it's um, uh, uh, free schooling, you know, ETC. So, yeah. Well, it looks to me like in this treaty, like you were saying earlier, it was stating that, um, hey, that people shall have and enjoy all the rights and privileges of native citizens. And in the earlier portion, they were saying, this is, you know, this was our nation, right? Uh, and these people shall have and enjoy all the rights and privileges of native citizens, including an equal interest in the soil and natural national funds, national funds of federal government monies. And the laws yeah. of said nation shall be equally binding upon and give equal protection to all such persons and all others of whatever race or color who may be adopted as citizens or members of said tribe. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying first they said one thing and then they did something else. Is that correct? correct? Yeah, correct. Correct. And, um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, that's the tail of the tape. I mean, they, they, they always create these documents, right? Whether it's the treaties, it's the Constitution, again, which is supreme, and whether it's all other inferior laws. And then they swear oaths on these documents, and then they go behind that, and then they do something other than what they already agreed to do. And it's just kind of like, you know, how moral are these people? And then you get the Indian tribes, or the federally or state-recognized Indian tribes, and at the point of a sword, they follow suit to disenfranchise our people. And this is why I said that the title should be uh, institutional racism and birthright theft. 
because they're denying our people um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You see? Why am why are our people designated a color? You see? Why aren't we just uh, American citizens? Why aren't we Creek citizens? Why aren't we Dominicans, so to speak? You know, wh why are we designated a color or the various slave tags, but everybody else, they're not called something that identifies them by their complexion, only when we're dealing with us. But then our people, we're so programmed when we deny the black status, our people have a tendency to think, oh, he's saying or she's saying that they're not one of us. No, we're rejecting the brand that the European, some, because not all, some are for us, but that some Europeans use to steal your birthright. And I, and I can't stress that enough. I love my people. We love our people. But we got to know what was done so that we can know how to counter it. And, you know, back to my point, the Creek and other state or federally recognized tribes are doing the same thing to us that the European has done. And it's just at the point of a sword. So, and I'm gonna pull up this um, this piece of the constitution. Yeah, so it's article two. It's actually article two of the constitution. And I know where it is. I'm gonna read some of it, if you don't mind. Go ahead, brother, go ahead. So this is, so this is the 1866 U.S. Treaty uh, with the Creek Nation. All right. You know the preamble. We already went through some of Article 1. All right. So Article 2 says, starting from the top, it says the Creeks hereby covenant, which a covenant is just an agreement or promise, and agree that henceforth, meaning from now on, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude otherwise than in the punishment of a crime right right which the 13th amendment covers that it says whereof the parties shall have been duly convicted in accordance with laws applicable to all members of said tribe shall ever exist in the said nation and inasmuch as there are among the creeks many persons of African descent who have no interest in the soil, it is stipulated that hereafter these persons lawfully residing in said Creek country under their laws and usages or who have been thus residing in said country may return. So this is just saying those who decide that they want to go and do something else, if they decide to leave, they can come back. So I'm going to get to that. It says, or who have been thus residing in said country and may return within one year from the ratification of this treaty and their descendants and such others of the same race as may be permitted by the laws of the said nation to settle within the limits of the jurisdiction of the Creek Nation as citizens thereof shall have and enjoy all rights and privileges. I know it's long. I'm about to finish it. Of native citizens shall have and enjoy all the rights and privileges of native citizens. I'm going to say that again shall have and enjoy all the rights and privileges of native citizens, including an equal interest in the soil and national funds and the laws of the said nation shall be equally binding upon and give equal protection of all such persons and all others of whatsoever race or color who may be adopted as citizens or members of the tribe. Now, these individuals 
who are suing the Creek Nation and the United States government. The article that was done by The Guardian said that these individuals can trace their heritage all the way back to the year 1810, which is years, 70 years before the Dawes Act. Ooh, okay. About 100 years before they came up with this... um, this uh, this new stipulation that they're basing the 1979 Constitution on. So these are our people, meaning the people who will be classed as black. They ain't just Mickey Mouse in it. They can show their ancestry back to 1810, back to an individual by the name of Cal Tom, who was a freedman, who actually represented the Creeks in what they called the the BIA Department of Interior. So this is all documented stuff. You see? And what it what it all boils down to, and I don't want to say this, but the reality of it is it's just racism. It's institutional racism. It's birthright theft. And the reason I say it's birthright theft, I'm saying that based on with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights of 1948, which was something that was something that was done within the UN. And the Declaration of the Rights of the Child of 1959. All right, which those two documents just say. It's incredible. Yeah, so, sister, I think you're right. Uh, the Hair Braiding Sister, Echo Hair Braiders Association, LLC. Yeah, you're right. Um, yo, they need to get that money. And that's exactly what this empowerment agenda is about. We need to make sure that our attention, our religious, our political, our finance, all of our energies are focused on things that are going to empower us. Yeah, yeah, they need to get that money. They need to get that money. They really need to get that money. So um, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. Brother Frederick Jones L, unmute yourself. I'm just kind of blown away with this information, man. I'm just straight up and down blown away. Now, while Frederick You've given us a lot of information now. This Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Yeah. Is there a particular article that I need to tap in on that? Sure, sure. So there's, um, let me see. All right. Uh, Just give me one minute. Let me see, because I have it here. And while you're doing that, brother... Sam, yeah, man, what are your it. thoughts, man? <laughs> okay. I think Sam, what are your thoughts? Already. Well, go ahead. Let Sam go. It's all good. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Sam? I mean, my thoughts on this. I totally agree with the brother here. He's absolutely right. It is institutional racism at its finest. And, you know, I always say about money. I mean, because when you read the article, And in the article that the lady talked about, I mean, she mentioned, I think it was her grandmother or grandfather who spoke fluent Creek. There was a song and they can go. She could trace her heritage back further than many of us. And they talked about all those checks. And I'm going to bring it back to money because it's about citizenship and it's definitely about rights and what's due you based on your heritage 
And the treaty in 1866 said it didn't matter if your complexion was mine or darker or lighter, you're one of us, you're one of us, and you're entitled to all of the benefits associated with that. And with the move that happened, I believe around 76 or 79, all of that came to an end. All of that shift. And these people have been fighting for the rights that are due them. They're not asking for anything more than what's due them. And I know back then in certain ways, you couldn't trace your heritage based on DNA, but with technology, you can. So, I mean, my heart goes out to them and I hope that they win because the thing about civil rights and about human rights is just basic things that are due us as citizens. And then to tell people, group of people, hey, you citizens, you've been citizens, you get all the rights and everything. And then one day to get a letter is like, well, we changed it. So now nah, you're not one of us no more. And that's it. That's wrong. That's just blatant and inherently wrong. That's right. That's right there, brother. Very, very, very good point. So, and um, to camel walk with my brother, the reason why I said that it's um, not only is it is it is, is it institutional racism, but it's birthright theft is because the the United Nations Declaration of Rights of the uh, Declaration of Human Rights, excuse me. United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights of the year 1948, which a declaration doesn't necessarily have the force of law, but if the UN is declaring that this is what the standard is, all nations must abide by that. And generally, in most of the laws of nations, you see the language in their laws in some of what I'm about to read. All right, so the the united nations universal declaration of human rights of the year 1948 article 2 says that everyone is everyone is entitled to all the rights of freedoms set forth in this declaration without distinction of any kind such as race color sex language religion political or other opinion so i'm gonna start right there the Creek Nation are trying to disenfranchise these people because they think that they're a different race and a color from them. Right. See? So if you want to be recognized internationally and by the United States, how is it that you can do these things? But I've realized that their tribal council and some of those in leadership, they're ignorant of these things. Because there's no way that you can know these things and, and not be for equality. You see? So, Article 2 goes on to say, it says, um, race, color, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth or other status. Furthermore, no distinction shall be made on the basis of the political, jurisdictional or international status of the country or territory to which the person belongs, whether it be independent trusts. I just talked about uh, these Indian reservations being put under a trust by the federal government once they get a federal recognition status. All right, so it says, 
It says trust, non-self-governing, or under other imitation of sovereignty. So essentially what that is saying is you can't be disenfranchised on the basis of the very things that this tribe is using to disenfranchise our people. And it's just a travesty. And it's just, yeah, and that's what, you know, my thing is, is, yeah, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Yo, your thing is right, man. We need to get on code. That's why we need to get on code. That's why we need to get yeah, on code. And look, we have four minutes yeah. left, brother. Uh, this is part one. I, when, when I got when I got a chance to look through all the information you sent, I was like, "Yo, this has got to be a yeah. part one, part two. <laughs> so let me just read. So let me just read Article Four real quick. Article Seven is quick. So, okay. so Article Four says, "No one shall be held in slavery." Excuse me. Article Three. Pardon me. I just, I read Article Two. Article Three says, "Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person." Article Article Seven says. All are equal before the law and are entitled without any discrimination to equal protection of the law. The 14th Amendment to our Constitution says that. And it says all are entitled to equal protection against any discrimination and violation of this declaration. Man, it's just, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. We have another comment. Uh, so she's saying, is that true on the UN level? Isn't that on a United Nations level? And I, I think that's one of the things that we should take in consideration. Uh, uh, Brother Malcolm X talked fervently about going to the United Nations to make sure that things happen. Still can't hear you, Brother Frederick L. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you're right, sister. I, I think you're right. Crazy, crazy. So, indeed, indeed. Uh, carry on, brother. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, what I was just saying was, the language is clear. Again, even though these declarations don't necessarily have the force of law, they're just UN declarations where they're saying that we're the measure, meaning the UN. The UN is saying. This is what you all should measure laws that you're going to adopt by. You know, this is the rule, so to speak. You know, this is the standard, rather. And it's in the language, again, of, of, of all state constitutions, of course, the federal constitutions, a constitution and constitutions abroad. But the bottom line or the reality of it is many of these tribes, whether federally recognized or not are abiding by it and they can't keep trying to use the backdoor approach by saying well we only did this because of this when when you look like we'll take the Pamunkey Nation for example they didn't do away with their ordinance forbidding interracial marriage until 2014 and then they only did it because they were told that they wouldn't get get federal recognition if they didn't do away so yeah. Wow. Wow. And what's so intriguing is a lot of us really place a lot of value on the ancestry that we have that might be so-called Native American, Indian, you know, whatever term we want to use. And these right. types of 
things are happening. And you know, and I, I know the sisters are tripping because well, my hair's straight because I got Indian in me. Oh, 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 I, I get that. You're not you're not in love <laughs> with the texture of your hair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm like this because I got a little Indian in me. You, you know, you're not you're not in love with your your African ancestry and some of the phenotypical or genotypical, that's what I meant. The genotypical, you know, the way I learned it in biology class was phenotypical were traits that you can't see and genotypical were like genes. You can see them genes. Facts, yeah. <laughs> facts. So, and, and let me say this too there, brother, because I want this to get lost as well. A lot of our people who claim to be indigenous, they're not saying it to say that they're not so-called quote-unquote African or that they're denying their so-called African or black roots. They're saying it in the sense that our people was all over this planet before slavery. So they're not saying it in the sense that they want to amalgamate with the so-called Red Indian. They're saying it to say that all 162 million square miles of the planet is ours. So that's essentially what they're saying. Some of our people, when they say that they're indigenous. So they're right. saying before right. the right. the so-called Red Indian. Also, let me say this too. Um, the Cherokee and the Seminole nations faced a suit similar to what the Creek is facing and they lost. All right? So I'm saying that to say so-called black members of the Cherokee and the Seminoles petitioned whatever court for standing and they were victorious. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. Right. That's one of so that's the one history of the- is there. You know, the history is there. It's clear. We've served our time. We've done the things necessary to be a part and partial. You know, we're not some pariah like how people like to try and paint us. We're human beings and we're citizens. You know, we're citizens of of right. multiple government. And it's time for them to honor all of the things that they say. So Ashe. Ashe. Hey uh brother Sam, last words. And while you were saying your last words, I'm gonna give people a a little uh a little trailer of what I'm sure good brother Frederick Jones Ill is gonna hit on next time. All right, so um Sam, last words. Last words, um heritage, citizenship. All of those things are important. And what we have to do is fight this good fight. And the thing is, we're not asking for more than what is rightfully due us. And the last thing I'm going to say, because I speak good stuff and then I'm a little bit ignorant too, and I claim all of it. Some people who say I got a little bit Indian, nah, there's some white in you. We, we don't want to always admit that. But there's some white in our lineage. We got to talk about it. Sometimes we don't want to. We want to ignore it. We want to act like it doesn't exist. But it definitely does. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right, good brother. I have on the screen a little teaser about some of the things I know you're going to talk about in our next conversation. Uh, Delaware's Forgotten Folk. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. the chapters are interesting. Chapter one, red, white, and black. 
Mm-hmm. Chapter two, The Mysterious Moor. Three, Plot in the Swamp. You know, I, I'll just leave it at that. I, I think that's going to be a very intriguing part two whenever we get a chance to do it. We'll have to do that pretty soon, brother. We'll have to do that pretty soon. And uh, Sam, I think you're right. You know, what's, what's kind of intriguing is there are, in, in, in Virginia, there were a group of mulattoes, and I'm going to say they were people of African descent and European descent, where a whole community, it was primarily a, a community of, it was a biracial community. Uh, I have a friend whose family came from that area, and so they're a bunch of light-skinned folk, right? So a lot of them, for a time period, claimed to be indigenous Native Americans because there were benefits that came their way. And then, for some reason, and he, he never got the information, they lost their status. And so this only didn't happen to the Pomponki. It not only happened to the Cherokee, like you mentioned, and the Seminole. This happened with a lot of the legally recognized quote-unquote Native American tribes. And it's just kind of interesting that not only are we in a fight for recognition with the federal government, and many times we've also had fights with um, our family for recognition yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, Brother so Jones Ill has words. Yeah, so let me chime in with that. Uh, our dear brother is correct. A lot of us do have so-called white European ancestry in us, but guess what? That's not d- the dominant gene. And this is why uh, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, who is no longer in the flesh, and may Allah be pleased with her, I said say. that one, one of the reasons why they wanted to be it would be genetic annihilation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Fly Guys Show. It's a series you still got of. Me? Melanated conversations focused on improving our collective situation. We had Cousin Sam. What's up, Cousin Sam? How you doing? Thank you for being here today. He comes with that financial knowledge. So you can check him out on YouTube on Sam's Corner. Sam's Corner. And you can get some great financial information. You know, Sam and I are both financial professionals. He's a lot smarter than I am. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, middle finger you. Uh, But we're both financial professionals, so you can find a lot of great information on Sam's Corner on YouTube. And Frederick Jones Ill has a great YouTube channel as well. But, you know, you've been checking out the Fly Guys show. You find us on Our Black Improvement. On Facebook, you find us on Forward Ever. So keep tuning in. We have some more great content coming your way. And we're always on the empowerment agenda. We're going to make sure that our attention resources, we're going to make sure that our political resources, we're going to make sure that our financial resources, we're going to make sure that our physical resources are used in a way that empowers us. And we're going to have a five-fingered approach when it comes to politics. All right, so there are some of us who can't vote. We have strategies for them. We have some of us who don't want to vote. We have strategies for them. We have some of us, you know, who are just going to be 
independents, you know, like me. All right, we have strategies for them. And we have those of us who are, you know, blue no matter who or red enough said, you know, therefore their political party. Well, we have strategies for all of them where we're telling the seated politicians and the candidates, this is our agenda. And you got to rock with our agenda, we ain't rocking with you. And we're going to keep pushing that agenda and pushing that agenda because we can't expect politicians to do things for us unless we demand that beer, you know, that they're going to be demand. We have to make other demands. We have to make our demands. So you can listen to the fly, fly guy show. I'm getting a little tongue tied right now. So I simply want to say, hold the line, hold the line, stay fly. Stay fly, 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 stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay conscious. Stay fly.